0: Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Wendy Gillespie, sitting in for Angela Mariani, and inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval, Renaissance, and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Coming up, we're exploring the musical bonds between students and teachers. Those who learn and those who teach share a love of their craft and have relationships that can be intimate or fraught. We'll explore music by three different student-teacher pairs from across the centuries. Plus, our featured recording explores vile music of Mere Mare. Heard music by William Byrd, Atolite Portas, a motet for six voices, sung by the ensemble A La Mire. Byrd had both a personal and a business relationship with his teacher Thomas Tallis. In 1575, the two tried their hand at publishing, putting out a collection of motets called Canciones Sacre. Each man contributed 17 works, one for every year in the reign of their royal patron, Elizabeth I those who can't do, teach. It is a nasty saying, and in the history of composition, it's false. Renowned composers often doubled as renowned teachers, creating their own masterworks while fostering creativity in their students. One such composer-teacher was the Englishman Thomas Tallis, who served two kings and two queens as a musician in the Chapel Royal, Tallis developed a close relationship with his most successful student, William Byrd. Tallis stood as the godfather to Byrd's child, and the two composers went into the publishing business together. They were more successful on the page than off. Their business tanked, and the two had to petition Queen Elizabeth I for extra income. She must have been pleased with their music, if not their publishing savvy— because she deeded the two men a large chunk of East Anglia. We'll hear a piece by Talus from his ill-fated venture, the five-voice motet in Jejunio et Fletu, sung by the ensemble Alamire. The sacred text is penitential, saying, In fasting and weeping the priests prayed, Spare, O Lord, spare thy people, and give not thine inheritance to perdition.'" heard the ensemble à la mire singing in Jejunio et Fletu, a motet by teacher and composer Thomas Tallis. Tallis and his student, William Byrd, may have shared more than a love of music. Byrd's Catholic faith was uncomfortable in Elizabethan England, and both Byrd and his wife were accused of the crime of recusancy, or failing to attend Church of England services. Talus, too, may have been Catholic, though both student and teacher used political savvy to stay on the right side of their Protestant patrons. But all Byrd's political skill didn't prevent him from being suspended at one point from his post at Lincoln Cathedral. Byrd's sin, his extended organ playing, which was judged to be too popish— We'll hear some keyboard music by William Byrd transcribed for Mixed Consort. Gypsy's Round, performed by Charivari Agréable. Keyboard music by William Byrd, Gypsy's Round, transcribed for mixed consort by the ensemble Charivari Agréable. In many teacher student pairs, the student eventually becomes a teacher in turn, passing along his or her hard earned knowledge. Among William Byrd's students was Thomas Morley, who dedicated his treatise, A Plain and Easy Introduction to Practical Music, to his mentor. In his early works, Morley tried to imitate the dense interweaving of voices so beloved by Byrd, but he eventually settled into his own aesthetic, a style both plainer and easier. Let's hear a rendition by the King Singers of Thomas Morley's Now is the Month of May, a joyful departure from the music of his mentors.
1: Now is the month of May, when merry lads are playing, fa la Now la la la, is the month of May when merry lads are playing, fa la Each with his bonnie glass upon the greeny grass Mother's la each with his body up upon the greeny grass. The spring glad, all in gladness doth laugh at winter sadness. la la The spring glad, all in gladness doth laugh at winter sadness. la 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 and to the bagpipes' sound The nymphs tread out their crown And to the backpipe sound The nymphs tread out their Fie, then, why sit we musing You sweet delight, refusing Why then why sit we music? You sweet like refusing. Say dainty nymphs and speak. Shall we play barley break? Say dainty nymphs and speak. Shall we play barley brick?
0: joyful tune sung by the King's singers, we heard Thomas Morley's Now is the Month of Maying. Morley's teacher's teacher, Thomas Tallis, would surely have been proud, if a bit startled. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook, or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. <laughs> Teachers can have enormous influence, but sometimes students get the last word. A student's writings offer one of the only glimpses we have of the life of 16th-century composer Adrian Villert. Josefo Zarlino, who studied with Villert, wrote that Villert arrived in Paris as a young man intending to study law, but instead found his way into music. Villert went on to have a successful career composing, playing, and especially teaching in Venice and other Italian cities. Let's listen to a short piece by Villert, Gioia Gentile che per Secreta Via, performed by the ensemble Romanesque. heard music by composer and teacher Adrian Villert, recorded by the Ensemble Romanesca. Zarlino may have been Villert's best record-keeper, but he wasn't the composer's only disciple. A Villert circle formed around the master in Venice, as Villert guided many of the most influential Italian composers of the day. We'll hear music by two Villert devotees, first a piece by Zarlino, Ecce tu pulcra es, sung by the ensemble Plus Ultra. Following that, we'll hear variations by Riccardo Rognoni on Cipriano de Rore's most famous madrigal, Encore che col partire. Pieces by followers of Adrian Villert. We heard the catacoustic consort perform Riccardo Rognoni's diminutions on Cipriano Durore's madrigal, Encore que col partire. Before that, we heard a piece by Josefo Zarlino, Ecce tu pulcra s," sung by the ensemble Plus Ultra. You're listening to Harmonia a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, presenting EMA's annual Young Performers Festival on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Welcome back. This hour, we're exploring connections between students and teachers. Sometimes it's tough to select the right teacher, but in other times and places, there's only one real option. And so it was in late 17th century Paris, where Jean-Baptiste Lully was busy amassing a musical monopoly. After a rival was sent to debtor's prison in 1669, Lully agreed to pay off the man's debts if he transferred to Lully the sole right to produce operas. By 1673, Lully was in charge of all musical undertakings employing more than six instrumentalists and two singers. Let's listen to some of Lully's music for theatre. Here's William Christie conducting Les Arts Florissons in Quiton Notre-Vin Querelle, Music from the prologue to Moliere's play, L'Amour Médecin. (laughs) Yes <laughs> Notre-Vin Querelle. Music by Jean-Baptiste Lully, performed by Les Arts Florissants. Lully became such a powerful musical force, it was difficult to imagine a young Parisian composer studying with anyone else. Marin Marais, a viola da gamba virtuoso, studied composition with Lully and, like his teacher, tried his hand at composing opera. But Marais never forgot his first love, the vial, and he kept circling back to his favorite instrument. We'll hear present-day vial virtuoso, Geordie Saval, playing Marem Marais, Marais' Tombeau pour Monsieur de Lully, a tribute to his teacher. <laughs> ¶¶ A musical tribute to a mentor, Geordie Saval played Marais Marais's Tombeau pour Monsieur de Lully. Marais wasn't alone in paying tribute to Lully. The young violinist, conductor, harpsichordist, and composer Jean-Ferry Rebel, who studied both violin and composition with Lully, also wrote a Tombeau pour Monsieur de Lully. But as students do, he was looking forward as well as back. Chaos, the opener from Rebelle's dance suite Les Elements, featured harmonic lurches and dramatic flourishes unlike anything rebel's famous teacher could have imagined. He heard the Ensemble Musica Antiqua Cone, performing Jean Ferry Rebel's unruly sweet movement Chaos. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Mm-hmm. To one of Lully's students in our featured recording. Viola da Gamba player Minica van der Felden and theorbo player Fred Jacobs perform music of Marin Marais on the 2013 Rame release titled Images. In his 1728 obituary, Marin Marais was eulogized as the composer whose death all vile players infinitely regret. Today, Vile players cherish Marais as one of their own, his music is an integral part of their repertoire. This recording features a prominent 17th century instrumental genre, the dance suite. Like all things at the court of Louis XIV, dance was governed by a complex set of rules that reflected the rigid social hierarchy of a court ruled by divine right. Dance music transcended its original purpose and collections of instrumental music, whether or not they were intended to be danced, tended to be published in suites consisting of standard dance forms. Music for Viola da Gamba and The Orbo by Mere Mare. We heard the prelude from Book 2, Suite Number 1, and before that, a rondo from Book 5, Suite Number 6, performed by Minika van der Felden and Fred Jacobs on the 2013 recording Image. Curious about what's new in recordings of early music? We review recordings new and old each week on the Harmonia Early Music podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Anne Timberlake and Elizabeth Clark. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, Janelle Davis, and Heidi Siebers. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luanne Johnson, and I'm Wendy Gillespie, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia.